We're going from pain to purpose. I got a lot to say. Come on in. Let's talk about it. My name is Leah Huggins. I'm a wife, a mother, and a proud U.S. Navy veteran. After two tours to Iraq, my husband was diagnosed with PTSD. My world spiraled out of control as fear, anxiety, doubt, and depression took over. I gave my life to Christ, took on a new mindset, and let go of the negativity of my past. I now help wives to find healing, encouragement, and strategy to overcome the effects of PTSD on their daily lives and in their marriage. So come on in and let's talk about it. Welcome to Marriage, Motherhood, and PTSD. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Marriage, Motherhood, and PTSD. This is the place where we empower women to support their spouse through PTSD without losing themselves in the process. I'm your host, Coach Leah, and I'm so glad that you joined us today. Y'all, I am so excited about today, okay? Today, we're talking about one of my favorite things in the whole wide world to talk about, okay? I know you're like, what is it? I am so glad you asked, (laughs) okay? Today, we are talking about purpose. Yes, I absolutely love talking about purpose and self-discovery and finding out what it is that we're here for and what we're called to do, all right? There's nothing like knowing who you are and what purpose you're here to serve, all right? Knowing that you're here for a reason and for a purpose is so fulfilling, and it actually helps to give you some direction in your life. God has a plan for you. He's got a plan for me. He's got a plan for all of us. There's actually a calling on your life. A calling is the purpose that God has assigned to you. And it's actually your reason for being. Having a sense of purpose is going to help to govern the decisions that you make. It'll dictate your circle, the people that you hang out with, what you do, what you choose to spend your time doing. Um, It can even set a foundation for the plans of your life. Having a purpose is going to help you to weed out the people, places, and things, the nouns, y'all, those people, places, and things that no longer serve your vision and what it is that you're working for. Purpose is going to help to keep you on track and to stay focused. All right. Now, here's a fun fact about purpose. Okay. Your purpose is always connected with somebody else's needs. All right. We were created for connection with each other and connection with God. In Jeremiah, it says that God chose us before the foundation of the world. He knew who we are and who we were called to be well before we were even born. He said, I knew you before you were shaped in your mother's womb. Can you imagine God knew who we were even before we were, (laughs) okay? We are called to do his work. We're the hands and feet of Jesus here on earth and we represent him. The need existed well before you got here and God created you to fill that need. He put you on the path that he did, meaning that you had to grow up where you did with the family that you had and you had to experience the pain that you went through all according to his plan so that he can plant you where he needed you to be. Everything that you went through was bringing out everything that he put in you. And it actually helped to develop you into who it is that he needed you to be in order so you could serve the purpose that he set aside just for you. First Corinthians chapter seven, verse 17, it says each person should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned to them, just as God called them. All right. And Romans chapter eight, verse 28, it says all things work together for good for those that love the Lord who are called according to his purpose. 
Those he foreknew, he predestined. And those he predestined, he called. And those he called, he justified. And those he justified, he glorified. All right. So I know you're like, well, what does that mean? (laughs) That means that you had to go through it. Everything that you have experienced in this life, you had to go through. And he chose you because he knew what he put in you. And by going through it, you get the victory and the reward while he gets the glory. Okay. Amen, somebody. (laughs) So the way I see it, the problem that needed the solving, um, the issues that needed the resolution, all of that was there before we were even created. And just as God does with everything, he gave an answer before we even asked the question. He says, before you ask, I've already answered. All right. And how did he answer? He created you. You are the answer. He created you for a purpose and for such a time as this. You were born on purpose for a purpose. And God sanctified you, which means that he set you aside to be used for his purpose, whatever the purpose is that he has for you. All right. This means that there's an assignment that's tailor made just for you. You can't compare yourself to other people, no matter how many people are doing the same thing. None of them are you. I repeat that. None of them are you. None of them have the experience that you've had. None of them have the anointing that you have. And none of them have walked in your shoes. So they can't be you. They can't do what only you are called to do. Now, what's shocking to me is that there are a lot of people who go through life not knowing what it is that they're called to do. And some of them don't even know that they have a calling on their life. You know, there's so much potential that's just wasted. Some people go through life and they have no idea what it is they're supposed to do. And they struggle with finding out what the meaning is of life. One thing we don't want to do is to go to the graveyard still full of all the things that we should have done while we were alive. When I go to the grave, I want to be empty. I want to do everything that God has called me to do. And I want him to say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. All right. Don't get me to preaching up in here. Okay. (laughs) A person that has no direction can be dangerous to themselves and to everybody that's around them. Okay, we live in a world today where everything around us tries to dictate who we are from the way that we dress to the way that we think, the way that we should move and what we should and shouldn't believe. You know, we look to the world to tell us who we should be. And then we get insecure and upset because we don't fit in and we end up broke and broken because we're trying to fit in this mold that was never created for us. So if you don't know or you don't understand who you are, you're going to spend your life trying to be someone that you were never meant to be. You're going to be trying to fit in and trying to be someone else. And this is going to keep you stuck. You'll be unable and unwilling to grow. You'll be caught up in a cycle and never discover the life that God has ordained just for you. So you were created with a purpose for a purpose. (laughs) Okay. The first thing you need to know is that you are already equipped. I'll say it again. You are already equipped. You were born with everything that you need to successfully complete your assignment, your gifts, your talents, your skills, your interests, everything about you. It's all connected to your calling. So because we're born already equipped with what we need and because God gave it to us wrapped inside this package of skin and bones and personality, (laughs) it's our duty to go in and find out what God gave us and what he wants us to do with it. And then it's also our duty to take what he gave us and sharpen it and improve and become skilled with it. 
Now, y'all know I'm a TV person, okay? <laughs> have you ever seen the show Naked and Afraid? All right, this is my husband's TV show. I, I would never have watched this unless he was watching it. So one day I caught it and now I'm hooked. <laughs> it's a really good show. All right, so in this show, they take two people and they put them in the middle of nowhere, somewhere like a jungle or the wilderness, you know, somewhere crazy. And they have to survive with just one or two items that they have allowed them to bring with them. Okay. By the way, did I mention that they're naked? <laughs> they're surviving the jungle in the jungle, in the harsh conditions of the jungle. And they are naked like Adam and Eve naked. Okay. It's the craziest thing <laughs> for those that haven't seen it. You know, it's nothing sexual. Okay. Nothing like that. Uh, because I mean, let's, let's be honest. Who's going to be thinking about sex when you are stuck in the jungle naked. Okay. With alligators and mountain lions and blood sucking vampire mosquitoes all around you. <laughs> okay. It's not hot. All right. We're not, we're not trying to do that. But anyway, they come to the jungle and they're allowed to bring like one or two items with them. And most times people bring a knife or maybe a fishing net or something like that, um, some, or something that's going to help them to start a fire uh, for them to cook or to stay warm with, okay? But that's all they get. So they get to the jungle with these one or two items, and it is amazing to see what they're able to do with it, okay? In most cases, by the end, they've used their resources and not only have they sustained themselves, you know, they were able to eat, they were able to find water and clean it. They were able to build their shelters and protect themselves from the element, but they also took those few items that they came with and they were able to use them to make a covering for themselves. All right. So now they got a bikini made out of uh, tree leaves. <laughs> they found a way to protect their feet and they may have shoes made out of twigs and leaves, you know, they were creative. They found some plants and trees that had substances to aid in their healing and soothe their skin and body irritations. It's amazing the things that these people did with the very little bit that they had to do it with. They took what little they started with and they made it work for them. They figured out how to use it for their needs and they were able to survive and in some cases even thrive. Although it was not easy and I'm sure it wasn't. I won't be in line <laughs> with trying to do that. No, no, thank you. It wasn't easy, but and there were many that gave up or that wanted to give up, but there was a lot that made it through. So this is what I'm talking about when I say that we are already equipped. We already have what we need, okay? It's not about money. It's about having what it takes to survive this jungle called life, okay? And using what you have to improve your situation for yourself and for those around you, those that you're connected to, those that you are called to. Just like in the show, it's our job to take what we have and what we came here with and to make it work and to get the most out of it. We have to take those tools in our imagination and our education of what we know and create from it and make this world a better place for those that are connected to us and make it a little bit more bearable for those that have to live in it. Your talents and your gifts and your passion equip you for your purpose. They point you in the right direction and they help to support the mission. You owe it to yourself to consistently work on your talents and improve and increase your skills. Your passions reveal the things that you have on your heart. They reveal what is most important to you. 
when I was a teenager, I can remember I would be riding in the car with my best friend and we would go past these buildings all the time that were abandoned. They were old rundown buildings. And she would always talk about how they could be using these buildings to house homeless families or put something in there, some sort of business or something in there. There's too many people on the street that need help and you have these empty buildings. What are you doing with them? Okay. <laughs> she would always say that. And she would always say that when she got older, what she wanted to do was buy up those buildings so she could put people in them. All right. And when we graduated from high school, that girl went straight to work and she ended up buying a duplex house for herself. And she was able to provide shelter to herself and another family. All right. That was just a small beginning, but it proves my point that she had a passion for it. And it was always there. She knew at a young age what she wanted to do. And eventually she took the steps that she needed in order to do it. And she did that when she could. And she did it at the level that she could. I used to always pray, Lord, help me to see things and people and situations through your eyes. All right. Give me the heart and the mind of Jesus so I can see what's important to you and to know how to walk accordingly. I wanted to have a heart for the same things that Jesus did. I wanted to see people through his eyes and I wanted to love the way that he loved us. So after I asked that, I began to look at things differently. I began to see people in ways that I hadn't considered before. I realized that we are all precious in his sight, no matter what we look like. Okay. No matter our political position, no matter our financial situation, whether we're in a mansion or in a cardboard box, he loves us just as we are. And this is where I came into my understanding of my heart for people. I got a thing about people. Okay. And how you make them feel and how to show kindness and how to love and how to be the hands and the feet and the mouthpiece of Jesus here on earth. I'm called to serve. And I know this, this is something in me that I know. So when I first got saved for real, for real, <laughs> and I started reading my Bible and learning from it, not just to memorize the verses, but to actually learn to apply it to my life. One scripture in particular stood out to me. All right. It was Isaiah chapter 61. It says the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. It's upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and to release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. All right. And it goes on from there. All right. I never knew why that verse always stuck out to me. I just knew that it caught my attention and it kept coming up whenever I, I would read it or uh, it would come to mind whenever I needed it. All right. It wasn't until later that I realized that the Lord had been talking to me and guiding me all along. All right. And this is what brings me to my next point, which is what identity. <laughs> we are in the middle of an identity crisis. All right. Can somebody say amen? Amen. <laughs> As I said before, um, if you let them, the world is going to try to tell you who you are. They're going to label you and they're going to identify you as they see you or as they want you to be. All right. But as believers, we can't be defined by what the world dictates to us. All right. We have to take a stand. We have to set a standard. You will find out who you are as you begin to walk with God. 
As you discover who you are in him, you'll discover things about yourself that you never knew or never understood. Walking with God is going to put things in order and it will help you align your life to the word. And as you walk with God, you'll find that he cleans you up and he'll change your viewpoint and the way that you see things. And he'll direct you in the way that you should go and he'll prepare you for what he has called you to do. God will put us through this program of spiritual development. And through that process, you're going to learn who you are, what you like, what you don't like. And the best part is that your heart becomes the heart of God. The things that you desire for yourself are actually the things that God desires for you. And that's what they're talking about in the scriptures where it says that he'll give you the desires of your heart. It's because when you walk with him and get to know him, you'll adjust your way of thinking and you begin to think about the things that God thinks about. You'll begin to think about the things of God and not just for the blessings. They're going to come, but just for knowing who he is and becoming intimate and developing your relationship with him. Now, because it was God who created you on purpose for your purpose, why would you look somewhere else to find out what that purpose is? <laughs> I wouldn't read the manual for my TV if I'm trying to figure out how to operate my car, right? <laughs> it's just common sense. If you want to know what you're here for, simply ask the creator that put you here in the first place, okay? So we need to put on the mind of Christ and learn how to grow and to walk in his character. All right. So we have to be careful, right? Because the enemy is going to use trauma. He's going to use your situation. He's going to use any hurt and any pain that you have in life. And he's going to use it to shift your opinion or to get you to change the way that you think or the way that you see yourself. Okay. You are not defined by your problems or your circumstances. I'll say that again. You are not defined by your problems or by your circumstances. As a matter of fact, everything that you went through in life is a lesson learned and a necessary step that you had to take to get to where you are now, which is right where he wanted you, because this is where you're supposed to be. OK, God will use everything and he's going to make you stronger and better and he's going to position you for his purpose. Everything has a purpose. Your pain has a purpose. All right. Pain has a purpose to correct you. It helps you to grow. It helps you mature and it keeps you on the right path. It's also going to help you to build your faith muscles and to help you trust God even more and to bring you closer to him. It doesn't feel good, but it's necessary. Now, the truth is, OK, <laughs> being saved doesn't mean that you will not experience pain. All right. It's quite the opposite. <laughs> OK, but. It can be way more painful. It can be much worse <laughs> if you don't have God, all right? It's way worse without him. So that's why we cling to God because he's there to help us in our times of trouble. And he'll take everything that he allowed us to go through and use it for our good. Have you checked out the PTSD Wives Handbook? This book is for the wife whose spouse has survived trauma and is now navigating through mood swings, flashbacks, and mishandled emotions. PTSD can create a toxic home environment and cause a divide in the closest and most meaningful relationships. As a caretaker, the PTSD wife is finding herself at the receiving end of anger, aggression, and constant negativity. This can create a personal, mental, and spiritual health crisis for her. In this book, Coach Leah uncovers the hidden wounds of trauma and the effects that it can have on your relationship. 
Based on biblical principles, she teaches you the tools and resources that are needed to handle stressful situations and to seek help from the Lord and foster a deeper relationship with Him. By reading this book and putting the principles into action, you're going to learn how to take control of your life and grab hold of the power that lies within. Grab your copy of the PTSD Wives Handbook today by clicking the link in the show notes. Now, back to the show. Okay, there are times that, especially when dealing with trauma, that serving can be healing. It'll help you to change your focus. Um, and it can empower you because you are helping others. There's a blessing in being a blessing. All right. It helps to boost your self-confidence as well. Now, I am a natural born giver. All right. Giving is my love language. I actually love to be able to encourage someone by giving them something or doing something for them to let them know that they're seen, they are heard, they're loved. And not just by me, but by the Lord. All right. I can't explain the rush, the feeling that I get when I see their face and know that I actually fulfilled a need or I touched their heart in a way that was not expected. Okay. I love to do that, not just for them and their reaction, but because I know in the moment that I am the hands and the feet of God and God was the one that put them on my heart to do something. And so I'm excited to actually get to be a part of his plan for that person. All right. It's amazing to me. But if you're not careful, you can let the mistakes and the trauma of your past and your current situation govern your future, which can hinder your progress. All right. You may become afraid to serve because you don't want to be hurt. That's the reason that the Bible tells us to serve as unto the Lord. Okay. When we serve, we're not just serving man or, or serving each other. We are honoring God by taking care of each other. I learned a long time ago in church that when you're going through something, it's good for you to do something else for somebody. All right. So if I'm having problems in my marriage, it's good for me to go and pray for someone else's marriage. Okay. You don't have to let them know that you're doing that. You don't have to make a big announcement. You know, just think of somebody that may be in the same situation or or a similar situation to you and petition God on their behalf. All right. Give a single mom a break and take her kids out for the day so that she can get some time alone to rest or to plan or, you know, just do nothing. (laughs) Cook a meal or order out for somebody that may be grieving or caring for a loved one. God will honor that. He will honor what you do for someone else and he will bless you for seeking a blessing for them. It's truly a blessing to serve through your pain. Now, how many of you know? Trouble has a way of making us second guess ourselves, (laughs) right? It can make us lose our confidence and think that we have nothing to offer. All right. Let me tell you something. This is a trick of the enemy. All right. He's going to try to get you off course. But a lot of times it's the very same trouble, that same situation or that same set of circumstances that teaches us exactly what we need to know in order to move forward to the next step and to grow and to align us with what God has purpose for us to do. There's a passage in the Bible that talks about asking God for forgiveness. Um, I think the scripture is Psalm 51. All right. We call it highway 51 because it's a road that you're going to travel down many times in life. Okay. (laughs) Many times you're going to mess up and have to ask God for forgiveness. All right. And so that's why we call it highway 51. All right. But here's the good part. God will forgive you and wipe the slate clean. When you ask him to, he will not hold your mistakes against you. All right. (laughs) So we travel down that highway, highway 51. 
What God will do is to teach you the lesson that comes out of going through that particular trial. All right. Whether it's you that messed up or whether it's just a trial that's part of life and part of growing. All right. What the passage goes on to say is that when we come out of a trial, after we mess up or, or not, when we come out of that trial, we can turn around and teach someone else about what the Lord has done and, and how he will help to bring them out of that situation. And how many of you know the enemy will use anything to get you off course? Amen. <laughs> I would have to say that going through everything that I've gone through and dealing with my husband, it's forced me to deal with myself. All right. I just knew that I needed to get better because I was not in a good place. So I began to walk with God and through a relationship with him, I learned how to deal with my issues. And that transferred over to me being able to deal with my relationship with my husband. And from that, from walking with God, he began to reveal to me who I am. He gave me my identity. And then he revealed to me that the process that I was going through, it wasn't for nothing. He showed me that on the other end, through my pain, that I would serve a group of women that were going through this same situation and to help them find their way out of darkness and into his light. Never did he once say that it would be easy, but he did tell me that he would always be there with me. Okay. I learned who I was and I learned what I was here for just by walking with him. Now, a lot of times, once we find out what our purpose is or what our calling is, we find that we've actually been walking in it all along. <laughs> our purpose is found in the lessons of the struggles that we face. It's found in our passions and the things that are important to us. It's found in the changes that we want to see in this world. And our purpose connects us with others. I know you've heard in business where they talk about find your why. Your why is your purpose. It's the thing that drives you and makes you excited. It's the thing that keeps you up all night and that thing that you're willing to do, even if there was no money attached to it. All right. The Bible talks about how if you set your focus on the Lord, the blessings will come upon you and overtake you. If you're following God and you're walking in your purpose, the money, the fortune, the blessings, all of that is going to follow you. You don't have to chase it because then the pursuit is for the money and you'll lose the purpose. So this is why your environment is important, all right? In the church, we use a phrase that you're sowing into good ground. And all that means is that your seed is going to produce great fruit. The way that a plant grows and bears fruit is only conducive to the soil that it's planted in, okay? Your environment is the soil and your circumstances are the fertilizer, okay? Some of us have been through some good fertilizer, okay? <laughs> And the Lord is the light in the water that brings it all together and he makes it grow. In John chapter 15, verse 16, it says that we were chosen to bear fruit. All right. We are the chosen. We can do nothing without him. It says that he's the vine and we are the branches. And apart from him, we can do nothing. There's a saying that only what you do for Christ will last. All right. And that's because as you make him your foundation, he'll guide you into what it is that you need to know. And this will govern the way that you operate. He is the key to success. Okay. <laughs> if you ask, he will gladly give you the key so that you can try him out and see if he will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. All right. I'm going to church today. <laughs> Second Timothy chapter one, verse nine, it says that he saved us and he called us to a holy life, not because of anything that we've done, but because of his own purpose and grace. 
All right. His purpose and his grace. Now, let me stop because <laughs> we get ready to turn this into a church service. Okay. I just love the Lord. All right. And I know who he is and what he's done in my life. And I just want to tell the world because you don't have to do this by yourself. He has a plan for you. All you have to do is to get next to the one that has established the plan in the first place. All right. My God. <laughs> Back to the topic. Now, one thing about purpose is that everyone is not meant to go with you. Okay. Some people are there just for a reason or for a season. All right. Stop trying to hold on to somebody that's not meant to go on this next step with you. Okay. Your circle matters. Who you have around you and who you have speaking into your life, it matters. You need to get with the right group of people that are going to encourage you and who want to see you succeed. All right. Believe it or not, there are some friends that don't want to see you do better than them. Okay. And can I tell you something? <laughs> These are not your friends. <laughs> a real friend is going to want the best for you and they want you to prosper, whether they're a part of it or not. All right. Ask God to give you discernment and, and divine connections. If you're the smartest person in your group, you may want to consider finding another group. Okay. <laughs> You got to want to grow as a person. And this may sometimes mean having to step away from the company that you keep. All right. Find the group that's going in the same direction as you. All right. And those are the people that are going to be willing and that want to see you win and that are going to push you on to greatness. You are unique and your calling and your purpose is unique to who you are. Everything about you, everything that you went through, it's all designed to lead you to the truth of who you are and what you're meant to do and be in this world. Each lesson is designed to increase your strength and to give you wisdom and to build your faith. All right. We are all born with an assignment. It's just up to us to find out what it is and to develop the skills and the tools and the gifts and the talents that God has already equipped us with in order to complete this mission. All right. Your purpose will find you. You don't have to go searching for it. All right. Life has been predestined and what is supposed to be will be. All right. All right. I could go on. I could go on. I can go on, but I'm pressed for time. All right. So we're going to go on to today's coaching moment. Um, for today's coaching moment, we're going to work on finding purpose. All right. So first, let me ask you a couple questions. All right. Get your pens and your papers out, your journals. You already know how we do. So I'm going to ask you a few questions. All right. So the first one is, what about you do people always compliment or recognize you for? Okay, for me, I work in customer service. So I always get compliments on two things. Number one is how nice and pleasant I am to talk to. And the other is how well I explain complicated things in a way that makes it easy for people to understand. All right. So I want you to think about the things that you're always being complimented on and write those down. Next, I want you to think about the things that you read or that you listen or that you watch or maybe even the things that you own. All right. Do you notice any similarities that run between them? What do these things reveal about you? What do these things say about you? All right. Next, what hobbies or activities bring you the most joy and satisfaction and why? What is it about them that you enjoy so much? All right. One of my favorites. What are you passionate about? What gets you fired up? What gets you excited? <laughs> what subject do you understand or do you know about more than the average person? All right. And then the final question, if you could change one thing about the world today, what would it be? 
and why. All right. <laughs> so now I, we got the questions out of the way. So I want you to get a new piece of paper, okay? And I want you to take this paper and divide it into two sections. All right, you're going to title the first section, What I Care About. All right, I'll repeat that. The first section is going to be called What I Care About. All right, and then the next section is going to be called What I Am Good At. What I Am Good At. All right, under the What I Care About, category, I want you to create a subcategory of what I love and what I hate. All right. Now what you love and what you hate, these are going to be the things that you're passionate about. All right. I want you to write down everything that you can think of and put it under each category. Okay. All right. Once you have done that, beside every item in your, what I care about list, I want you to put an A or a B next to each one. The A means that it's something that is super important to you. And the B means that it's important, but it's just not as important as the ones with the A's by them. Okay. <laughs> A is super important. B is important, but not at the top of your list. <laughs> all right. Once you've done that, I want you to make a list of all of the items that you put an A by. All right. And then I want you to edit that list and try to reduce each item into a one or two summary. So instead of saying, I can't stand for people to be mean to other people, all right, then shorten it down by saying, I, I hate bullies, okay? <laughs> That's just an example. I can't think of anything else. That's just an example, all right? So then after you have done that for each of those items, I want you to convert the list of the things that you hate. So the negative items, I want you to take those negative statements and make them a positive statement. All right, take all the ones from your hate list and turn them into a positive statement. So instead of saying, I hate bullies, change it to, I love when people are treated with dignity and respect. Or I love a defender, or I love a protector. You get the point. You know, just say the opposite of the thing that you hate. Turn it into something that you would love. <laughs> or I would love for people not to be bullied, okay? All right, so then from your A list, I want you to choose the top 10. All right. These are going to be your core values and your passions. All right. So I want you to make a new list. So get another page. And at the top of that page, you're going to call it my top 10 values. All right. Now, from the top 10, I want you to choose the top three. And this is going to be your final list. Choose your top three values. And I want you to examine these values and figure out which one of those values or what combination of those values point to what you can do for others. So this is going to be your purpose. Which one of those values can you use to help others? So now complete this sentence. My purpose is to, and you fill in the blank. I didn't give directions on what to do with the other side. <laughs> On the other side of the list, you're going to put all the skills, the talents, all the things that you're good at. Put a list because those are the tools that you can use to help to fulfill that purpose. Those are the things that you're going to use. If you're anti-bully and you're a good writer, you can write about that. You can create a blog. You can create um, books. You can do all kinds of stuff. Your skills are going to be the things that will help you to work in that purpose. Those are going to be the tools that you use to work in that purpose, all right? I want you to give yourself time to work on this because this is really something that you really need to think about and you really need to give time to work all the way through. Clear out some time in your day, put on your, your music that makes you uh, create, 
<laughs> set the atmosphere to create um, and take your time and write down everything that comes to mind. Okay. Consider what really means the most to you. Your purpose is found in the things that matter most to you. All right, you guys, that's my time. I hope something was said today to encourage you and to let you know that everything is going to be all right. All right, I want you to be sure to check out the show notes to get your copy of the Bible study guide for this week's episode. And also check out my website at IamCoachLeah.com for more information and inspiration. All right, and just to see what's happening on this side of social media, okay? Okay. (laughs) All right then, guys, until next time, I want you to be encouraged, be empowered, and be blessed. Peace, y'all.